Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. The KSL Greenhouse. Information and great talk about your home, garden, and your lawn. If you love perennials, can't get enough help on landscape design, or just want to keep your lawn and vegetable garden pest-free, grab a pen. It's the KSL Greenhouse on KSL News Radio. Good morning, and thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria Shaleos, Tom Bettis with you this morning. We'll be taking your calls at 801-575-8255. Phone lines are open, so you can get your calls in now. You can also text us your questions at 57500. I am coming from to you from inside the studio this morning where it's nice and warm. Uh, Tom is coming to you from the Utah County Bureau. And uh, how's it going out there, Tom? I'm well. How are you? Doing very well, thanks. Uh, I'm feeling like we're in a pandemic again, though. You know, we get a few sniffles and we get a little bit worried and we separate. And But we're glad that you're with us this morning. Yeah, I just didn't want to be responsible for coming in all of a sudden. <laughs> all the important news people have colds or whatever it is. So I am isolating. Well, thanks for being with us this morning. We wanted to start out uh, the morning talking about the plant of the week, which is holiday cactus. One of my favorites. Uh, mine is in full bloom. I have a couple of them that are in full bloom right now. Uh, they're not Christmas cactus, but holiday cactus. And uh, they're beautiful. They are very beautiful. And right now, as you mentioned, is their prime time for blooming. They're actually one of the few houseplants that will bloom indoors, especially in the winter. And so because they're so easy to grow, they're one of my number one picks for just letting people enjoy something, but not have to be too worried about not being able to take care of a plant. Right. It's one of those, if you need flowers in your house all the time, it's an easy one to make sure that uh, you've got some of those blooms in the middle of winter. It is. And these are one that you can pick them up from a local grocery store or garden center, cactus and tropicals. There's several places to get them. And they won't, a small one won't cost more than 3 or $4. You can get fairly good sized ones for around 20 and bring them home. And the trick to keeping these blooming is just to get them. There's a couple of different ways to do it. One of them is to put them near 
a fairly cold winter window. You don't want it right up against the touching the window, but within a few inches or maybe six inches. And just let it sit, you know, make sure that it gets watered once in a while. And what will happen is the branches near the window will start to set flower buds. And when you see those, you rotate it 180 degrees and many of the holiday cactus, whether they're, you know, the Christmas or the Thanksgiving cactus will bloom most of the winter, even though, you know, whether you got whatever type you have. And so that's the easiest way to do it. The other way is to have them in a room that is cooler. And so it may need to be the basement or near a kind of a cool window, but they have to have at least 12 hours of darkness every night. If you go in that room and flip the light on, you're in trouble because that cycle has to start completely over. And so the cold window where it gets below 55 nightly is the best bet. Yeah, the other thing I love about these is they're pretty easy to propagate. If you want to start a new plant, it's pretty easy to share a plant with others and and so on and so forth. They are. These are ones that um, you probably want to... um, uh Uh-oh, just a second. Okay, got it. (laughs) Um, I have a timer set so that I don't forget to touch my phone. I thought I had it on silent. Apologize. <laughs> no worries. I listeners, the background. If I if my my phone times out after ten minutes, and if it times out, I'm off the air. So that is a I just have to make sure and manipulate it every <laughs> once in a while to keep going. So, at any rate, um, propagation of these is quite easy. And so, what you're going to want to do is sometime in the spring when you're going to see a little bit more growth, the temperature's a little warmer, you cut one to two sections or segments. They look like leaves connected together on a main stem. Cut a couple of them, and then it really helps if you have some sort of rooting hormone, like rutone, and you dip the base of that into some water and then rutone, and you can just place that in the soil. And after two or three weeks, they will start to root out. And so you can leave that in the soil. And once, you know, after a couple of months, you can just get a new plant that way. Mm-hmm. I've also noticed with these that you need to replant them every so often, every couple of years, at least. They're not mm-hmm. really fast growing, but I had one that stopped blooming. And the minute I put it in a bigger pot, it was nice and happy and, and bloomed again. Yes, they every two to three years, they will need to be transplanted. They're not super difficult to, and what you will do is get them into a new com- container a couple of inches wider than the previous one and a couple of inches deeper. Fill the bottom of the container with new soil so that it sits about level with where it was. Set it in the new container and then just work potting soil around the sides you can gently tap the pot just to work that soil down there or use like a, a, a little spade or even like a kitchen spoon to get it down there. But uh, just every couple of years, transplant it. Is, is it easy to like cut the plant in half? I've never done this. I've just put them in bigger pots, but is it easier? Is it easy to actually, you know, make, keep that plant the size you want it? Well, that becomes a little difficult. Mm. It's one of those that you probably could. 
And you'd want to do this probably February, March, so that it has a long time to recover Ah. and then just go into the middle of the plant. But if I want new plants, I'm probably going to prune it back just a little bit and maybe use the cuttings. I, you probably can, but I fear cutting something like this in half. Yeah, I'm wondering because my plant is getting pretty large. I'm like, hmm, how large do I really, I mean, do I want to keep repotting it, right? Yeah. And so this is just one that I think you could go to the side and maybe take some off of there, but I've never actually tried to propagate it that way. Well, I have a couple more years, I think, before I need to to worry about it. Because like I said, they, they aren't really super fast growers. No, they're not. But, you know, I do see, because my granddad had one that was 30 or 40 years old, and it had to have been 18 inches wide at the base. And I can see that it just eventually would get too big. Which is, it's great if you have some place to put a plant like that, right? (laughs) It is, but you need almost like a corner off the side of your deck door or near a large window, and not everyone has that. Mm Mm-hmm. We, we often see these uh, holiday cactus, of course, at Christmas time. Um, but I've received them at Christmas time, and then they bloom at Thanksgiving, so I know they're not a Christmas cactus. But I think it's interesting we don't see them um, more often throughout the year. And we're going to take a break. Uh, there is an article up on the KSL Greenhouse Facebook page on the holiday cactus, so you can learn much more about it. We'll come back with your calls and questions. The phone lines are open. Great time to call 801-575-8255. You can also text us 57500. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. Thank you for spending your Saturday morning with the KSL Greenhouse. Maria and Ton with you. You can give us a call right now with your questions, 801-575-8255. You can text us your questions at 57500. And Ton, just to make sure that our listeners don't think I just cut you off, we kind of lost you at the end of that segment. So welcome back. Yes, the vagaries of using apps to (laughs) do something I'd much rather do in studio I think my phone, I don't know, there's a lot of hiccups with the app. And if everything's not just hunky-dory, it may shut down. Well, fortunately, I can reconnect quickly. But uh, I don't remember where we were at on the holiday cactus. So we were pretty much at the the end of the conversation just talking about whether you can split those and uh, plant them separately. And I don't really know the answer. Well, and that's one thing I've never tried doing because when you read about propagating them, it's always just doing the leaf cuttings. And so I think that especially with a plant, if you can get a section and use a sharp knife or pruner to cut around a section of the plant, you could probably transplant it. But if you try that, you do it on one that doesn't have sentimental value. Right. So that, you know, if it was grandpa's Christmas cactus or holiday cactus, you don't cut it in half and then all of a sudden it gets root disease and it dies. Right. I think it's interesting how many people I've spoken to who have plants that have been passed down from generation to generation. And you're right. Those are the ones you don't want to experiment with. 
No, you absolutely do not. Uh, first texter this morning is saying that they're thinking about getting a lawn sod plugger. When is the best time of year to do the transplanting? In the spring, if they're going to go that route. You know, with Kentucky bluegrass, I think that you would want sprigs wider than what you normally would do with, say, Bermuda grass. In the south and warmer areas, a way to start a new lawn on a budget is to get what are just called sod plugs. And they'll be anywhere probably about a half inch to three quarters of an inch wide, rooted a couple of inches deep, and you just put those every foot or so in your lawn. And Bermuda grass is so aggressive that within three or four months, it's filled in and you have a brand new lawn. Kentucky bluegrass, it's not really an accepted practice to do it like that because it takes a lot longer to establish, but I suppose you could. You just need wider plugs with two or so inches of roots on the bottom. That's the first time I've heard about a sod plug. Yeah, it's just, it's done with other kinds of grass that are warm season grasses, not our cool season grasses like fescue or Kentucky bluegrass. Okay, our next listener says they planted a shade tree earlier this year, was extremely root bound in the pot, and after watching a video, they saw a groove every few inches on the root ball, or they sawed, excuse me, a groove every few inches on the root ball. Now the tree leafed out, but they wonder, did they hurt the tree by doing that? Not necessarily. I, you know, a lot of times we will recommend this if the tree is root bound. And what that means is that the roots are circling the pot and you can't see the soil from the outside of the pot when you take it off. And so you'll just see a mass of roots. And what we will do is on two or three sides of the pot, just cut in a quarter to a half of an inch so that it forces those roots where those injuries are to grow out instead of continuously circling. Now, if they had a smaller tree and saw it in too deeply, then yes, that could have really damaged things. But scoring is the more appropriate term here to where you're just going in to cause those roots to go to grow outwards instead of in a circle. So if it leafed out, it sounds like they probably didn't do any damage. Well, there's residual energy in the tree for those leaf buds to form and then form a a leaf. Mm -hmm. And they will oftentimes start growing a couple of weeks ahead of when they're getting a lot of water and nutrients and other supplies that they need from the roots and so it's common to see a fruit tree start to leaf out and bloom and then collapse because the roots are dead but the top's not dead yet but because the top's not receiving sufficient supplies it collapses too and so if it leafed out for several weeks and then died probably something else got it Okay, it doesn't say that it died, though. I think they're just wondering whether they actually did some damage with that scarring. Oh. So I'm wondering, they're saying um, they planted it earlier, early in the year. When will they know this spring uh, whether they've actually damaged the tree? When it would leaf out in late April or May, they will know if there's a lot of damage. And I doubt that they've really harmed it too much if they did at all. I wouldn't have gone in. Let's see, the, I, saw, I see the text here. 
that says we, we sawed a groove. And so that, when they say sawed a groove, that kind of scares me a little bit if they actually saw it into the tree, because you'd usually just do this with a sharp knife. Yeah, but as long as but, they didn't go too far in, they yeah, probably were okay. But yeah, as long as they didn't go too far in, the tree will be fine. Okay, our first caller is Terry and Draper. Good morning, Terry. What is your question? Gift of some bulbs. Uh, about 250 from hyacinths, daffodils, tulips, allium, crocuses. Earlier this week, I'm wondering how it's best to get them to spring and to bloom from where we're at today's weather. Well, uh, the best thing to do, now I missed some of the call. Are you wanting to plant them outside? Yes, I want to plant them outside eventually. If we If we need to do it now, I'm fine. If I need to do it in the spring and put them elsewhere, I have access to cold storage or just even a garage. The best thing would be to plant them out now if you can. Okay. At 23 degrees, we're still okay. You are. The bulbs, if you wanted to put them in your fridge for a few days, that's fine. But they need a cold period of several weeks to actually leaf out and bloom in the spring. Most of them do. And so you theoretically could put them in the fridge, but they probably would start to root out sooner than you wanted to, and you wouldn't really be able to plant them because they'd be rooting out in February or early March. And so if you can, it's just best to get them in the ground now. Now, if the ground is frozen, plan B is to put them in the refrigerator and then plant them in pots to see what you can do with it. But it's because they require that cold period and then they'll emerge on their own as the soil warms up. That's the best option. Thank you, Tom, very much. Yeah. Have a wonderful well, day. Yeah. Real quick. It could be that even if you had like the ground is probably frozen, but you might be able to go near your house, say on a West exposure and the ground won't be frozen, especially if it's covered by mulch. And so even if you could dig a trench to get those in at the appropriate depths along the side of the house, you know, you could let them do their thing for a year and then sometime late June, July of next year, carefully dig them and then move them to their permanent homes. So, Terry, I'm wondering, are there grape hyacinths in that group of 250 bulbs? Because you may want to think twice about planting those. There are not. There's crocus. Okay. Tulips, allium, daffodils, and hyacinths. Nice. I've made that mistake yes. before. Those grape hyacinths are like weeds, and you can't get rid of them ever. So Yes. Okay. Thanks, Terry, for your call this morning. Thank you. Uh, let's take a call from Sean, who is in Centerville. Good morning, Sean. What is your question? Good morning. Uh, I, we built our house about 20 years, 25 years ago, and put in a scotch pine. I believe it's a short-needled pine it's about 25 feet tall and about a year to two years ago it started losing needles off the kind of the north side and it's just progressed as you know up the north side and up the tree a little bit and i'm concerned i'm gonna lose the tree because it's not i thought well i'll watch it for a while and it's just gotten worse and worse and i'm Am I going to lose the tree? Fine. Or is there a resource to, you know, I just don't know where to go to find out what to do with the tree. So 
one question I lost you for just a second. So the tree is dying. You said on the north side. Yes. And how tall is it? It's about twenty-five feet tall. Okay. And did it start from the top or from the bottom? The bottom started from the bottom. The bottom branches. So the south side and uh, looks a lot better, and it's better down the tree. But the north side looks worse. And it's thinned out, and the branches just don't have a lot of needles on them. Okay. Um, so does the tree border any place like a gravel drive or anything? No, it doesn't. It's it's in a it's at the top of a big rock wall uh, with grass um, on either side. Okay. And would there be roots? What I'm trying to figure out is where the tree is struggling. Are those roots going under a fence into a neighbor's yard or an area where any sort of ground sterilant or other herbicides have been applied? Hey, Ton and Sean, could I interrupt you just for a moment? Uh, This is going to take a lot longer to answer Sean's question. So, Sean, I'm going to have you hang on the line while we take a break for the bottom of the hour news, and we'll be back with your your call. And the number to call for you to call with your questions, 801-575-8255. You can also text us at 57500. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.